0: welcome to the king's Cost dynamic teaching recorded live at king's church in cambridge england we hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today and now here's the broadcast amen come on it's okay to praise the lord huh it's okay come on give god some praise yeah he's worthy to be praised isn't he hallelujah thank you jesus thank you jesus we truly just honor the lord jesus christ this afternoon we thank god for everybody that is here uh some of you have were here in the morning service as well so congratulations for the strength you have (laughs) to make two services Uh, but we thank god for uh, his goodness towards us and we're really looking forward to What God is doing and what is about to do, amen we thank God for um, all our uh, our elders jail we thank God for you amen for leading our service today we thank God for the worship team and all everybody who's serving today, everybody who's on team uh, the worship team the the, the the stewards the the guys on the desk we thank God for you and of course we thank God for everyone that has shown up to church this afternoon amen we really give God thanks for you we believe that God wants to do something special in our lives and we believe that God wants to speak to us amen amen just turn to your neighbor say neighbor God has a word for you oh look them in their beautiful blue eyes and tell them neighbor God has a word for you Turn to your other neighbor and look them in their brown eyes and say, neighbor. Uh, Say, neighbor, God has a word for you. All right. Amen. We thank God. Amen. We do not take it for granted that when we come into the house of the Lord, we don't take it for granted that the Bible says that wherever two or three are gathered, he shall be in the midst of us. And I believe God wants to speak to us this afternoon we shared from the book of Matthew chapter 14 22 to 23 this morning and this afternoon service is actually a bit of a continuation on that scripture and we want to go a little bit deeper into what God wanted to reveal to us in that word more importantly is that God wants to take you now to a different level and a different dimension in the places of the Spirit.
1: He wants to take you to a different place in the things of the Spirit. Amen. You need to understand that anything that's not growing is dying. Amen. Anything that's not growing is dying. But how do you know that something is growing? It must produce some fruit. Now, fruit comes from Psalm 37 and verse 4. If we can have that on the screen. Psalm 37 and verse 4. Father, we thank you for your word this afternoon. We thank you for your goodness And your kindness towards us now God we pray God that you open up your word to our understanding we pray God that you speak to us in a way that only you can father we're asking you to send the anointing that makes preaching easy in the name of Jesus we're asking Lord God every spirit that is not of you in this place. We bind it right now in the name of Jesus. We cast out every spirit that tries to exalt itself against the name of Christ. But Lord God, this afternoon, we will lift up the name of Jesus. We will lift up your name, O God. And so, God, let us not be ashamed this afternoon, but send forth your anointing, Lord God, that demonstrates your word in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Touch us this afternoon as we look to you in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. So, fruitfulness, you need to understand that God wants you to be fruitful in your Christian walk. So, where does this fruitfulness come from? If we look at the book of Psalm chapter 37 and round about verse 4, what does the Bible say there? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart so there's some of you here today you've had some desires for many many years but you have not seen them come to pass in other words the desires of your heart when the desire of your heart manifests In the physical, you become fruitful. So now, God is saying that he delights in you being fruitful. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you. Who gives it? God gives it. He will give you the desires of whose heart. So as you find yourself in church this afternoon, don't take it for granted that you are here of your own accord. It is the spirit of God that is directing you. It is the spirit of God that is bringing you into this place. So if it is just the spirit of God bringing you here this afternoon, it means that the desires that you have in your heart are in line with the spirit. Are you hearing me somebody? Because sometimes we separate the desires in our heart from what God is doing in our lives. So we think, oh well, I have this desire, but God, this desire is too big that I cannot attain to it. So then when our desires appear too big, we tend to disregard them. When the visions and the dreams and the ambitions that we have in our hearts seem too big, we tend to put them aside and say, well, this can't be God. Because it's too big. Let's go to John chapter 15, 1 to 8. God wants you to go deep in your heart this afternoon and say, God, every desire, every dream that you have ever given me, God, God wants to revive it today. God wants to revive it today because he said he will give you The desires of your heart. In other words, your desire has to move from heart into manifestation. Your desire has to move from your thinking and your mind and your spirit into the physical. So John 15, 1 to 8, the Bible says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it would be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. In other words, as a believer, he has made you clean. In other words, even your desires have been cleansed. Because sometimes we are disregarding some of our desires and we are saying, God, this cannot be of you. So he said, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken unto you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me i am the vine you are the branches if a man remains in me and i in him he will bear much fruit apart from me ye can do nothing if anyone does not remain in me he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned if you remain in me and my words remain in you Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. Ask whatsoever you wish, and it shall be given you. If you remain in me, amen, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. Verse 8, this is to my Father's glory, that you do what? That you do what? Showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is very important, brothers and sisters. He says, this is to my father's glory. In the King James, it says, have we got the King James? Herein is my father what? glorified that ye now so God is saying that the way he gets glory is when you are fruitful in other words The way God gets glory is when all the dreams, your ambitions, and your desires come to pass. Some of you have let your dreams and your desires die. You have allowed your dreams and desires to fall by the wayside and say, God, I'm too old for this. It's too late for me. My situation will not allow this desire to come to pass. But God is saying today that it gives me glory when your desires come to pass. So God is saying, I want you to revive those desires. I want you to renew those desires because when your desires come to pass, it brings glory to me. Herein is my father glorified that you bear what? Much fruit. Huh? Some of you are still surviving on yesteryear's fruit. You're still surviving on yesterday's vision. And when, when I talk to you, you're saying, well, last year I did this. And yesterday, I, do, I did that. But God is saying, what's your dream for today and tomorrow? Because nothing shall be impossible unto him that believes. So now, let's have a look at how we bring this desire to pass. How are you going to get to a place from desire to fruitfulness. How are you going to get from a place where the Bible says it becomes just a thought in your mind to it coming to pass? The Bible says we can only do it by faith. So the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God see when you abide in the word of God the Bible says if you abide in the vine in other words you abide in Jesus the only way you can abide in Jesus is through his word you have to become a man and a woman of the word You see, this is why Psalm 37 verse 4 is so real because the Bible says he will give you the desires of the heart. Now, most people, the problem that they have with that scripture is that the reason they doubt the desires of their heart is because they're not sure, well, God, is this just my ambition? Are you hearing me? Is this just me dreaming too big? Is this me just being too ambitious? So, that's why Jesus then had to say, if you abide in the vine. Now, when you understand that there's no way a branch can be connected to the vine without the branch having the same DNA as the vine. So, when you connect yourself to God and you connect yourself to the vine therefore your dna becomes exactly the same as the branches as the vine's dna in other words the nature of the branch can never be different from the nature of the vine because they're connected they have to be the same nature so when we come to Christ, when you give your life to Christ, though the Bible says we were outside, we now come into Christ. So we, when you become born again, you are a branch on the wayside and you get engrafted into Christ. So when you are engrafted into Christ, you begin to take on his nature. So the scripture in Psalm 37 and verse 4 is not only the desires of your heart, but it is God giving you those desires. Are you with me? It's not only your own desires, but your desire is God's desire and God's desire is your desire. Why? Because now you are engrafted into the vine. So then you can have confidence That whatsoever I dream, whatsoever I desire is in line with the spirit of God. And the Bible says that even as we are engrafted into Christ, when you engraft something. So when you have uh, oranges and lemon trees, you can engraft a branch from a lemon tree into an orange tree. Do I ever have any gardeners? Yeah, brother Lee, are you, are you, is that is right? <laughs> oh,
0: that was close. You might have said nope.
1: <laughs> but you can engraft because they have very similar characteristics. So you can take a branch from a lemon tree and you can engraft it onto an orange tree. But then the dominant gene will be coming from the orange tree. So the nature of the orange tree will join with the nature of the lemon branch. But as the branch then connects with the orange tree, the lemon DNA is overpowered by the orange DNA. So as you come into Christ with your own ambitions, with your own desires, the confidence that you have is that if I remain in the vine, if I remain in the vine, the Bible says God will purge me. Are you with me? God will purge me. He will take out my own fleshly DNA. He will take out my own selfish ambitions and begin to replace my desire with godly desire. So that is why you can have confidence in Psalm 37 and verse 4 in that God, if I remain in you, my desire is your desire and your desire is My desire. Am I preaching too deep? Are you with me? God wants you to be fruitful. When you go back home today, you need to say, you need to look at your environment. You need to look at your situation and say, God, is this bringing glory to you? am I fruitful enough to bring glory to you? Hallelujah. See, some of you have been wanting to move house. But I've been scared because you're scared that this desire is a selfish ambition. But God is saying, when you activate your faith and say, God, I need a bigger place. And I'm believing you for it. That brings God glory when it comes to pass. We need to stop being ashamed of the desires that we have in our hearts. Are you with me? He says, so is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. Now, how do I walk this through? How do I bring it to pass? First of all, I've identified and I understand that this desire I have is not just my own desire, but actually this is a godly desire. Because I would have judged myself first of all and said, God, have I plugged myself into you? Have I plugged myself into the vine? You need to check yourself. Because the Bible says, if you're not plugged into the vine, you will be cast aside and cast into the fire. So the first thing to check is, am I plugged into the vine? Have I committed my life to the Lord, first and foremost? Because sometimes we take our commitment to God for granted. But God is very serious when you commit it to him. When you said your vows to God, he took it very serious. And so he was committed to you. So we've checked that. I say, yes, God, I've checked that. I am connected to the vine. The next thing we need to understand that the next stage is that you need to activate your faith. Now, If we go back to the scripture from this morning in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22, let us have a look at the desires of Peter's heart. Let's take it from verse 14 and verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. In other words, what they were seeing was bigger than what they ever expected of God. What they were seeing was bigger than what they ever expected of god so sometimes our desires are bigger in our mind than what we expect of god so we then relegate them to not be of god but rather selfish ambition rather ambition from the enemy and you're busy binding the devil when it's not the devil But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the desires in your heart. Sometimes we are afraid of the desires in our heart. God is saying, don't be afraid of the vision God has given you. Don't be afraid of the vision God has given you. He says, Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. You are going to need some courage to fulfill the desires of your heart. You are going to face some situations that you're not familiar with. He said, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid, go ahead. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Now, let's address Peter for a moment. Because Peter is an example of us and our desires. Peter's desire was to move in a new dimension with God. Peter's desire was to move on a new level with God. So he says, if it is you, bid me to come upon the water. Now Peter had never walked on water before. There are some things that you want to do that you've never done before. But where did that desire come from in Peter? Because it seems like a very selfish thing to ask. What are you trying to prove by walking on water? What was Peter trying to prove by walking on water? But when you see and look at Peter's history and ministry, you begin to understand that it is that same Peter when Jesus asked the disciples, he asked them, who do men say that I am? It is the same Peter that replied, thou art the Christ." The son of the living God. In other words, what was driving Peter to be ambitious was his calling. Jeremiah said, God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. In other words, when Peter engages Jesus, he couldn't help himself because his destiny brotherly was calling him it was his destiny pushing him to be ambitious it was his calling pushing him to go to a different level so sometimes when you have that urge to do the impossible it's because of your calling It's because God has called you for such a time as this. But we have to go through some training. We have to go through some experiences that bring out the spirit and the calling of God in you. You've got to go through some tough times that bring out the God in you. Because the Bible said that when Jesus spoke to Peter, he says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But the Spirit of God has revealed this to you. The Spirit of God has unmasked your calling. The Spirit of God has unmasked your identity.
0: Oh, you ain't hearing me today.
1: God is trying to unmask your spiritual identity in Him. Because your spiritual identity is what matters to God. But the only way He can bring out your spiritual identity is through these experiences. So the spirit of God pushes Peter to say, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come. Now God begins to take Peter higher. Even though he calls him, the Bible says he comes down from the boat. Sometimes when you need to go up, you have to go down. Sometimes when God wants to take you to a different level in him, he'll take you down. And he'll take you down to some unfamiliar territory. He'll take you through some situations that you do not understand. And he says, come down. So now, desire, Peter's desire Begins to be activated by faith. Because as soon as Jesus says come. Peter grabs the word. And he activates faith. So for you to attain to the desires that God has given you. You need to activate faith. In other words, what does the word of God say about this? What do I hear the spirit of God saying to me? And so you activate faith. So when Peter comes down from the boat, he comes down on faith. You've got to have faith in God. No man can come to God without faith. What is faith? The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, your desires. Faith gives your desires sub. In other words, faith linked with your desires gives your desires life. When you connect faith by his word connected with your desire, it brings your desires to life. God is asking you today, what is your desire? What is that thing that you have put aside for so many years? What is that thing that God had given you the desire for, but you've said, well, God, this is too much for you. So here now, God then says, right, Peter, now activate your faith. Come. See, even through that discourse, Peter still had some doubts. It's okay to doubt sometimes, but come. It's okay to have some nervous energy sometimes, but come. It's okay to say, well, God, I really feel nervous, but I'm coming. Huh? I, re- I, re- I really feel uncomfortable, but God, I know how I'm trusting in you. I am coming, God. So he steps out in faith he steps out on faith and he begins to walk towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. (coughs) When he saw the Now, isn't it interesting that who has ever seen wind before? He saw the wind. Who has ever seen wind before? What Peter saw was the boisterous waves. Waves are caused by the wind. But the Bible says, Peter saw the wind. In other words, what you are seeing is not what it is. Because when you step out on faith, there will be some things happening around you that don't align with your desires. Because Jesus said, come... Peter was expecting a calmness. Because remember that when they were on the boat, the wind was contrary. It was boisterous, the Bible says. Their ship, they were struggling to to row, as it were. They were struggling to navigate the boat. So the Bible says that when Peter comes down, his expectation was that it's going to be smooth. If you're ever going to, to come to, to the desires of your heart, it is not going to be smooth, brothers and sisters. There will be some things happening around you that are contrary to your desire but the Bible says you ought to set your face like a flint and focus on the word come. He said come. For he who has started a good work he is faithful to see it through. that desire that you have in your heart emanated from God. So he is faithful and just to see it through. The Bible says that when he looked around, he started to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Dreams and desires don't die overnight. your dream and your desire, you didn't let it go overnight. But there was some doubt eating at it. Every day. There was something eating at it. Every day. Because the Bible says he began to sink. If you've ever jumped in a swimming pool, you sink. You don't begin to sink and go slowly. But the Bible says, as Peter looked around, he began to doubt. But God's word come was already established. See, some of you are are needing God to repeat what he's already said. The problem is not that God has left you. The problem is not that God has changed his mind about your desires. His word, the Bible said, is firmer than his throne. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. So his word come doesn't change. What changes is us. Because we look at what's happening around us and the Bible says we begin to doubt. Maybe this wasn't God. Maybe this wasn't Jesus calling me. Maybe this uh, this plan wasn't of God. Maybe this company was not what God wants for me. Maybe this business is not working because it's not what God wanted for me. Hallelujah. He begins to doubt. And now he begins to pay attention and he begins to confirm what is going on around him. The Bible says that in the mouth of two witnesses let every word be what? See, your situations are speaking to you. The wind, the boisterous sea, the conditions were speaking to Peter. The situations that are happening in and around your life are speaking to you. It has a voice. How do we know that? Because the Bible says that when Jesus was looking some f- for fruits on the fig tree and he found none, what did he say? He cursed. He spoke to the fig tree. How can you speak to something unless it has ears? Are you hearing me? How can you speak to something unless it has ears? The Bible says in Genesis that when the Spirit of God was hovering upon the deep and there was nothingness, He spoke. He says, let there be light. And there was light. Then the Bible went on further to say He separated the light from the... So if He separated them they must have been at a point dwelling together. How can you separate something unless they're together to begin with? Right? Right?
0: (laughs) That's my nephew. He's a smart boy. That's why I'm asking the trick question.
1: He said he separated the light from the darkness. So if he separated them... Before he separated them, they must have been together, yes? But the Bible says that by his word, the worlds were formed. In other words, he spoke to the light and he spoke to the darkness. He said, darkness, this is your territory. Light, this is your territory. You guys don't mix. I am separating you. See, The things of the spirit not only hear you, but they speak to you. Because the Bible says that the power of life and death is in the what? In the tongue. So some of you, when you look at your desire, you killed your desire by your wrong confession. You killed your desire by the wrong confession. So the wrong confession normally comes about when the situation around you is saying something contrary. So Peter saw the situation around him was saying something contrary to what he wanted. So then by his mouth, he then aligned himself with it. He says, I am dying. He cried out, Lord, save me. The moment he cried out, Lord, save me, revealed where his heart was at. His heart was doubting. His confession now spoke to agree with his contrary situation. If you're going to fulfill the desires of your heart, you need to check your confession. What are you confessing? What are you agreeing with? Change your confession. Are you agreeing with the wind around you or are you agreeing with the word that says come? closing out in a minute and so the bible says that he cried out lord save me and immediately go ahead jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said you of little faith he said why did you doubt In other words, God is asking you to identify where your desire killers are. Where are the dream killers in your life? Some of you, your dream killers might be the wrong company. Some of you, your dream killers might be the wrong confession. Who are your dream killers? He asked Peter, he said, Peter, let's do a review. You started out so well. You were coming up so well in God. You were coming up so well in the things of the Spirit. Your vision was going so well. Your desires was going so well. Things were working so perfectly. Then you began to doubt and sink. He says, Peter... Where did you doubt? Somewhere along your journey, you've allowed unbelief. You've allowed doubt to overpower you. Where is it? Because that's where you need to go back to and change your confession. Because you need to understand why Jesus was asking this. This is very, very important. Because at the place of your doubt is where your agreement is. At the place of your doubt is where your covenant is. See, you will either covenant or agree with the word come. Or you will covenant and agree with the boisterous situation around you. Are you hearing me? So Jesus then asked Peter, he said, Peter, let's do a review. Because now that you're coming up higher in the things of God, I need to teach you and help you to grow. See, when Jesus is asking Peter this question, it's not to rebuke him or put him down. It was actually to build him up. It was actually to strengthen him because he wanted to reveal to him some spiritual laws. He said, go back and identify where you covenanted with unbelief. Where did you create an agreement with unbelief? And when Peter goes back and reviews, he can then identify, okay God, now I need to break this covenant with unbelief. And you have to change your confession. You have to repent from your confession. You have to change what you have spoken into the atmosphere. You have to say, God, if by the words of my mouth, I have created a covenant with unbelief, I am now by my same word reversing that. And I'm going according to your word. Where? Did you doubt? Where did you doubt? He said, first of all, you of little faith. In other words, you need to increase your faith. The deeper you go into the things of God and the deeper you want to fight and the more you want to fight for your desires to come to pass, you have to become a man and a woman of the word. Because that's where your victory lies. You need to get back in the word. What does the word of God say? Why did you doubt? Go ahead. Last couple of verses and we close. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Uh-huh. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly you are the son of God. I want to catch the tail end. As I close, I want to touch, catch the tail end of how, let's check Mark is it
0: Mark 6.52? What does it say in there, Mark 6.52? Okay, so rewind just to 51, 6.51,
1: and then we'll read 51. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. So Peter has
0: been saved. They come back into the boat. They come back into the church. The the boat is a symbol of the church. Then he climbed into the boat with them
1: and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. Go ahead. For they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. So what here the Bible is referring to is Jesus feeding the 5,000. That even though they saw God's miracles in the 5,000, their hearts were still hardened. So we ought to soften our heart to the word of God. Because of your unbelief. We can ask the keys to, you can come back now, ask the worship team to come back now. For they had not understood about the loaves. What was there to understand about the loaves? What they missed about the loaves was that that miracle happened by faith. Now, if you read that account, when they first came to Jesus and they said, Lord, there is no food, send all this multitude away. The first question that Jesus asked them or the first statement he made to them, he said, you feed them. So, in other words, there are some things you've been expecting God to do, but God is waiting for you to take the step of faith. Because his word has already gone out, which said, come. The word's already established, come. Right? Right? But what they did not understand about the, about the five laws and the feeding of the multitude, that that act was something that they could do as well if they activated faith. Because they had said to Jesus, send them away. In other words, we are covenanting with doubt. You cannot do it, God. Send them away. So in the end, Jesus had to perform the miracle himself. So this is what the Bible is then referring to here, that they did not understand about the loaves. They did not understand that it was there well within their power and within their realm to feed the 5,000. And their hearts were hardened. The desires of your heart. God is saying this afternoon. Soften your heart to his word again. He's saying his word has already gone out. He said come. Come. It's already prepared. Come. But come to it by faith come to it without doubting come hallelujah thank you jesus let's bow our heads and pray
0: thank you for listening and we trust that the word of god has inspired you today for further information about king's church or to access our large archive of other recordings go to www.